0: Welcome to the Crime Pod. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Sam. Sorry, you're stuck with me again this week instead of Samantha. She'll be back next week to chat to you. But last week I did the case of Shannon Matthews, so if you haven't listened to that, I would give that a listen. And we talked about the kind of connections between the Shannon Matthews story and the kind of inspiration I say in quote they had from Madeline McCann. Now I can imagine all of us being here know who Madeline McCann is because we're into true crime but I'm just going to go through it in a bit more detail for you so you know all the facts. So this is the story of the disappearance of Madeleine McCann. So I'm not going to ask Samantha if you've heard of Madeleine McCann. As I said, I'm assuming... Everybody here has heard about Madeline McCann. And this is the one I wasn't sure whether to cover or not, because I feel like everybody knows the story. But actually, there's loads of details that I thought would be good to kind of go through. And if, maybe if you're not from the UK, we have listeners that aren't in the UK, and you're like,
1: mm, who's this?
0: Buckle up. So Madeline McCann <laughs> is actually the highest profile missing child case in the UK. And this case, for the last, it's still kind of, sorry, spoilers, unresolved, It's cost a total of £13 million. Now, our story starts on May the 3rd, 2007, in Praia de Luz, which is in Portugal, in the Algarve region. In 2011, roughly the population was about three 4,000. So I don't know how many it would be in 2007, probably just a little bit less of that. And is made up of kind of a lot of holiday goers. And the McCann family, made up of Gerry and Kate, who are the parents, and three kids. They had three-year-old Madeleine McCann and their younger twin siblings, two-year-old Amelie and Sean McCann are also all staying at the Ocean Club Apartments in Praia de Luz. On this holiday, it's a kind of like friendcation kind of vibe. So on this holiday, there are a total of nine adults and eight children, which includes the McCanns. So I don't have the names of everybody. They'd probably be easy to find. Like, that is one thing about this case. The amount of information I was able to find was amazing. But I've not got all the names of everyone there. So this is now night six and about 8.30 at night, the parents go for dinner to the same restaurant they have gone to every single night they've been on the holiday. It was a tapash restaurant, which was a two-minute walk from the McCann's apartment. Now, the routine they had for the last five nights, which they were then doing again tonight on night six, the kids would have their dinner first, about five-ish p.m., and then the parents would kind of chill out, spend some time with them, put the kids to bed, and when they eventually fell asleep, the parents, off the trip, Would then all go out for dinner, leaving their kids asleep in the apartment. Now, this happened with the other family kids as well. Some of them had baby monitors to be able to like hear, but the McCanns did not. So they had a routine of checking every 15 to 30 minutes. Either Kate or Jerry would go back to the room and just pop their heads in to make sure all was okay, make sure nobody was up and crying, etc. Or sometimes they would just like listen outside to see if they could hear any noises in the rooms, because the kids all shared one room, Madeline and her twin. Uh, younger brother and sister um so this is obviously night six. it's 8 30 they've left they've gone to the tapas restaurant which means at 9 p.m it's the first check so jerry does the first check and he goes back to the room so there is two doors to enter the apartment there's the front door which they had locked on the inside and like bolted shut and they also have a patio door now the patio door isn't completely locked, they kind of just slide that so it means that they don't wait the kids when they go in. But the patio door of the man's McCann's apartment was also like they could see that from the tapash restaurant. Now he enters the apartment via the patio door and he goes into the room and notices the kids' door, like the room door, sorry, is like not how they normally leave it. It's a bit more open. They normally leave it just like ajar, but it's now like a bit more open, which he thinks is a bit strange, but he doesn't think much of it because all three kids are there. Sleeping absolutely fine. The next check happens at 9 30 when actually it's meant to be Kate's turn, but one of the dads, Matthew Oldfield is his name, is going to check on his kids. So he's like, Look, I'm literally going to check on my kids. I'll just pop my head in your apartment on the way. So, yeah, fine. He goes to check, nothing out of the ordinary, which then means at 10 pm it is Kate's turn to go and check. So Kate goes to check, and again, she notices the door is open more again. It's not a jar, it's open at about 45 degree angle. To the kids' room. She goes to close the store, but the wind actually slams the door shut, which alerts her because where's the wind coming from? She goes in and sees the twins sleeping perfectly fine in their kind of crib, but Madeline's bed is empty and the window in that room is completely open, which is not how she left it. So Kate begins to check the full apartment and cannot find Madeline. So, of course, she runs down to the restaurant in such a panic and tells them that she can't find Madeline, and they all begin searching like straight away including all of the like the nine adults and the resort staff now they check everywhere they check the pools the hallways the resort everywhere and they cannot find her so the police are called and actually arrive at the resort by 10 30 that night now there are no signs of forced entry into the suite so as we'd said the front door is like kind of locked from the inside and there's no sign of forced entry entry sorry but as we'd said they left that patio door unlocked so they'd really If Madeline was taken, nobody had to force entry into that place. Now, the patio door, as I said, is seen from the restaurant, so I I don't know how they wouldn't have seen someone visibly go in the door, but then if you're having a meal, you might not have been looking all the time. Now, this search lasts all day to about 4am the next day, so we're now on the 4th of May, and that is roughly in the morning when the police then sit with the adults And they all tell the exact same story and say nothing was out of the ordinary, nothing out of the blue happened, it was all just normal. The police are now beginning to think, okay, if we've searched the place, like, this is a three-year-old girl, how far can she get? This is when they start to think it's potentially an abduction. Now, Jane Tanner, one of the friends with the McCanns, reports of seeing a man carrying a child earlier that night. And she said this was about 9.15, which would be the time between the checks. And he was wearing a dark coat and had dark hair. She said the way the child being carried wasn't like father-like, as the child had bare feet and he was walking really quick. So it wasn't like a dad carrying his child around a resort, because obviously there were loads of dads at this resort. It's a family resort. But it, it just didn't seem right. Does that make sense? But this was roughly 9.15. So if this was suspicious, remember Matthew Oldfield, when the dads, checked the apartment at 9.30, which means... Madeline could have been missing for longer than that if he didn't properly check. I don't know how he checked, I don't know if he just listened like some they did sometimes or if he physically went in. I can't kind of quote that. Now, Jane Tanner is actually able to completely describe this man and actually a sketch is drawn up of him, but this is never released to the public at this time, which I'm not too sure why, if the police thought this was a bit sketchy, but never mind. On the 4th of May as well, Jerry and Kate actually first speak to the media. And they put out a statement, the one that everyone has probably seen, that Gerry speaking, saying how upset they are and if someone has a returner to her family safe. The kind of classic missing child speech, which I probably know sounds insensitive, but you know what I mean whenever a child is missing, the parents speak to the parents. I, th- I, I think it's a good thing to do, but I also think it's a horrible thing to do because this is probably a parent's most distressing time. Hundreds of volunteers help to search, but nothing happens. Like, I think this is something you'll know about the McCann case. It's such a weird one of, like, getting really, really high profile and, oh, my goodness, there could be information. And then it just goes so quiet again. So they're searching and it goes so quiet, so quick. The next piece of information I have to tell you is on May the 14th. So you're looking at 10 days later. So 10 days later, the police ran in on their first suspect, which is a 35-year-old property developer named Robert Murat. And he is questioned by police. Now, the reason he comes to police attention is he actually offers to translate for police. He offers himself up to the case. He says, look, I'm happy to help. I feel horrible about the situation. He lives just down the road. He has a daughter as well. He says, look, I can speak fluent English and fluent Portuguese, so I can help translate what the McCanns are saying and what you're saying to the McCanns. He just wants to help. He just feels awful. Which, when you read it, you're like, oh. But then when you think about it, that is a very, very common thing for killers to do is to like put themselves into the case like we've spoke about this quite a lot of times like people like Ted Bundy for example would go back to their crime scenes and would kind of watch it all unfold or do you know you, you look at famous cases such as like the Tia Sharp case like the person that killed her actually helped with the search and would really put themselves out there and look at me and like do you know like a case we've done Ian Huntley I could, I could just reel off so many examples of this so obviously that could be a nice gesture if you're innocent but it could also be a very, very suspicious thing if you're not. So, of course, this flags up the police bring him in for questioning. His house is so close to the apartment and he shares it with his mum. So this gets searched and he's questioned. And this is the first time he's publicly identified as a arguido, which is the word I'm going to use quite often in this case. And it's a Portuguese word for a suspect. So he's officially made an arguido. The press really harass him and he is the key suspect for a while because they've obviously released us to the press, this is a huge missing child case, we've now got to, you know, two weeks later nearly and this is the only person we have, so of course he's absolutely hounded. We then go quiet again. Now we're going forward to August now and it's the 11th of August, exactly a hundred days after Madeline has disappeared and this is the first time investigating officers publicly acknowledge that she could potentially be dead. So, This whole time, it's been a lot of missing person. Has she gone away? Has she been abducted? This is the first time that there is a kind of acknowledgement of we might not be looking for a missing girl. We might be looking for a body, which of course is horrific when we're talking about a three-year-old. The police also go to the apartment for the first time with cadaver dogs. And when I read this, I was like, sorry? Like a hundred days later, and it's the first time they've decided to go, but the apartment was kept empty for a while. I mean, like a month. But eventually, it was then used again as it's a resort. So new guests have been staying in the room. Things have been cleared. It's been cleaned. New people have stayed in the room. But, so, so now they're bringing in cadaver dogs. Like, Of course, there was people in it before Madeline. But you've now put people in it after Madeline. And you've now cleared it 100 days later. So if that was kept clear for a month, you're looking at what? 60 70 days of people staying in this room and you're now put, putting cadaver dogs in so if they did think now potentially she's dead they don't have a crime scene to revert, uh, preserve sorry so it's not like they kept this I, I, I get why they couldn't keep this apartment empty for 100 days but at the same time like that is normally in a murder case you've got your crime scene whereas there is no crime scene here
1: so the dogs do also it's a resort they- Like, sorry to be that guy, but I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of rooms in that hotel. Keeping Mm -hmm. one empty wouldn't Mm -hmm. have hurt them that much. The missing girl would have hurt their business more.
0: Yeah, so that's what's really, really interesting. Like, I don't get how the room wasn't able to be kept clearer for longer, but never mind. The dogs go and do their dog sniffing. And there's two dogs. There's Eddie, who's trained to smell cadavers. And there's Keela, who is to find blood evidence. And both dogs alert to finding something. Now, they alert in Kate and Jerry's closet but they also alert the trunk of Kate and Jerry's car so the trunk is like the boot so the car was hired almost three weeks after Madeline went missing so Madeline was actually never ever in this car but this is where people then get a bit like confused but this is now the first time Kate and Jerry are considered suspects by the media but also by the police so, on September the 7th, during questioning, detectives make them both arguidos and their daughter's disappearance. So, this is them becoming potential suspects or people of interest as well. Now, the argument was that they potentially gave her a sedative so they can enjoy their meal. Like, so both the McCanns are doctors. So, I think they thought, okay, give her a sedative and then potentially she's OD'd. And they then panicked, hid her body, and then waited to dump it. But my thing is, like, to be devil's advocate, where have they kept her for three weeks? Like, there's been a lot of search in this hotel. There's been a lot of, like, you know, they've not had the hotel room. You know, like, where, where are they keeping her? Now, of course, the McCann's do a public statement saying they were innocent. And as I said, they were both officially questioned by police. And you can actually find these transcripts on the McCann PJ files. It's a website. And this is what I'm saying about this case. The amount of information I was able to find that you would never find because they have themselves, McCann's have a website, which is brilliant, there's been a lot of information I got on that, which is findmadeline.com, but also this website, everything has been released, every suspect statement, everything, so you can actually go and have a read of it, and what is, again, like, I can see it from both sides, Kate doesn't respond to a lot of questions, not a no comment, she just generally doesn't respond, which I get, because you are meant to keep quiet, like, you're meant to, like, I would always say that, like, say no comment until you know what you're doing kind of thing. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, if you were innocent and they're trying to help you find your daughter, would you not just be trying to help? I, I don't know. I can see it from both sides. Now, unfortunately, after this, on the 9th of September, the McCanns have to fly back to England with their two twins, Sean and Emily, but with no Madeline, which must be horrific. I can't imagine how that must have felt, having to leave Portugal and come back to the UK. Now, the case goes quiet again. And there's a lot of small updates, but nothing kind of comes from anything. There's still kind of press rumblings that the McCanns are guilty. And I think once you kind of hook on to something like it was the parents, you're really, really going to struggle to get out of that. Now, in July, this is obviously still continuing, July 2008. And as I spoke about last week, if you've not listened to the Shannon Matthews case, I told you to at the start, because there's going to be a spoiler, that was obviously her mum that hid her. So this isn't helping the McCanns either, that... That it shows that people can do this kind of thing. Now, the Portuguese authorities actually lift the Arguido status of the McCanns and Robert Murat in July of 2008, so now there is no suspects or people of interest in the case at all. Now, they actually, in 2008, sorry, a bit earlier than that, in, no, sorry, not 2008, sorry, my bad that wrong, that was 2011, sorry, in May, in um, Kate McCann actually publishes a book about her daughter's disappearance on Madeline's eighth birthday and the book is called Madeline. Now I have not read this book personally but I know people that have read this book and I think it is maybe a bit controversial because I think it came out the type of holiday this was which wasn't the kind of family holiday it was all kind of painted and pictured to be. I believe that it could be that kids spent a lot of time in kids club and the parents spent a lot of time being parents and doing like the adults and kids were kind of very separate in this holiday, which I am not judging. That's not the type of holidays I went on, but I'm not judging that's what some people do. But yeah, I just wanted to make that point. Now, as I said, the case does go quite cold for a lot of the time. So I'm going to be kind of flying through the years here when I'm kind of giving you small updates because this case just did go so so quiet. So in 2012, Scotland Yard detectives say they believe Madeline could actually still be alive, and they decide to release an age-progressed picture showing how she might look as, however she'd be nine years old then. Now, a call is actually made to the Portuguese authorities to reopen the case as well, but the police say no, as they have found no new material. And I, I get it and I don't. Like, I think there are so many cold cases of missing people, and it's a constant thing, and especially missing children. There are so many that are cold cases, and it's absolutely horrific. but. I get what the Portuguese police are saying, like, how can they justify putting more money into this and putting more staff onto this when there is nothing to work on? They just have the same thing that they've had for the last, what, six years? Nothing really has changed. In 2013, Scotland Yard again confirms it has launched its own investigation, which is named Operation Grange, into the disappearance of Madeleine. Um It has apparently new lines of inquiry and has identified 38 people of interest, which are 12 people that are actually British, but none of these names or anything are ever confirmed. And if you know the McCann case, which if you don't, sorry, you'll know that nothing really came of any of these suspects as nobody, especially British, has really been publicly named or arrested, especially in 2013. Now, this actually then goes back to Portugal in October 2000, uh, October 2013, sorry, and Portuguese police also confirmed that a review of their original investigation has uncovered new lines of inquiry and they do decide to reopen the case. So they said, literally a year and a half before, they had no new material and now they do have new material. So that is obviously hopeful. This new material didn't really get released to the public either. So this is what I think is quite, not annoying, but there were so many, like I even remember like, Grown up in the UK, you constantly heard things about the McCann case and it would appear in the news every now and then and they say like, oh new inquiry, new this, but you were never really told what these things were. So again, new lines of inquiry and the case is reopened in Portugal. In 2014, there's actually detectives from Britain that fly over in the January um, and they go over to Portugal amid claims they're planning to make arrests. So again, that is really hopeful. Nothing comes of that. Later on that year, in June, sniffer dogs and specialist teams are actually used to search an area of like scrubland close to where Madeline went missing. So again, they've got the sniffer dogs out. Why wasn't this done all these years ago? Like, but anyway, nothing kind of comes from that. And eleven people by the end of the year um, are thought to have had information on the case, and detectives been questioning them. Unfortunately, you know what I'm going to say. I don't have any more information on that. In 2015 kind of towards the kind of middle end of 2015 the government discloses that the investigation into the disappearance of Madeline McCann has cost more than 10 million pounds so as you know at the start I told you that to this day I think the f- closest figure we've got is 13 million and I'm going to kind of stop there and I think not the full, <laughs> not the full episode that's not me finished. but I'm just going to take a kind of pause to say like this is what I think is so mental about this case is there is hundreds of missing children in the uk there is hundreds hundreds the world there is hundreds and thousands of missing children how is there 13 million gone into this one case like how how has the government spent thirteen million on this one girl and i think this is where i'm not going to go fully into the conspiracy theories i'll tell you some in the end but there are so many conspiracy theories and i i love a conspiracy theory that's something about me i do love a conspiracy theory i've got all the books people some of the conspiracy theories I've read on this are mental, like saying that she didn't actually exist at all which classic but how have we justified 13 million on one case like we surely can't match that for every missing child in the UK so how have we justified that for one that that's just my kind of my one point and I'm sorry if that offends anybody and if anyone disagrees with me please like let me know your thoughts on it but I don't know about you Sam but I just think we couldn't do
1: that for every missing child in the UK I couldn't agree more with you like yeah I know it's not everybody's what they all agree but yeah I'm with you At 13 million pounds that's a lot for one child Yeah, I, I, I it'd can't... be good if we could do it for all children so yeah, that's gone missing. but that is just not obviously doable and like I don't
0: have kids but if I did I would probably be the same and I'd probably be like put 20 million in to try and fight my child I totally totally get that but Madeline is not the only missing child in the UK. That's just my point there. Anyway, towards the end of that year, in October, Scotland Yard actually cuts the number of officers working on the inquiry. So there was 29 Scotland Yard detectives working simply on the Madeline McCann inquiry. That is then cut to four, which is a huge blow to that because that's a huge team doing all that work and then it's cut to four. So I think that kind of shows how the case is kind of going. In 2017, the McCann's prepared to mark 10 years since Madeleine died, which is, of course, horrific. And they do a BBC interview, and they are to do whatever it takes for as long as it takes to find her, which I completely understand. Like, 10 years of silence is horrific. And you hear about these cases of missing kids that go missing for, like, 20 years and appear. But I think the not knowing it would kill you. But nothing more happens here until 2020, the good old year that was 2020. So in June 2020, German officials—so this is a curveball—we're now in Germany. So German officials have had nothing to do with this case really until now. Revealed that a 43-year-old 43, 43 German prisoner, later named as Christian, Br- Br- here we go again, Christian Bruckner. Is that right, Samantha? Am I just saying that totally wrong? I think it is Bruckner, and when I've wrote this earlier... I have no idea. I was confident it was Bruckner, then I went to say it there, and I've thrown myself. Christian Bruckner, a known sex offender, has been identified as a suspect in Madeline's disappearance and is now in custody for the murder of Madeline McCann. So everyone's like, Like I remember reading this and being like, this has came out of absolute nowhere, like it always does with this case. You hear nothing, then it's like, boom, headline. So I think we were all kind of like, Okay, ha- Germany? Like, I've got so many questions. So this is the first time murder has also been kind of put in it. Not just dead, not looking for a body. This is the first time I've actually used the word, like, madeline has been murdered kind of vibe. German police say they're treating this case as a homicide investigation. Now, he, um, Christian Bruckner is in prison, and he's been in prison for seven years for a 2005 sexual assault on a 72-year-old woman in Praia de Luz. So he was in to de Luz in 2005 and committed the sexual assault of a 72-year-old woman who was from America. Now, he's a known sex offender and is known to travel between Germany, Spain and Portugal and has been in jail close to 20 times. Bear in mind, this man is what, 43? He's been in jail like 20 times. Potentially as many other victims. When he was 18, he was charged for sexually assaulting a sexual girl. And in 2017, he was also done for child sexual abuse again. So it's not like he's never done that before. Now, one thing I kind of do want to jump in and just quickly say is, obviously, in, it's a sexual assault on a 72-year-old woman. So then we're like, okay, how have we gone from 72 to three? That That's like a 69-year age gap. Like, that's obviously a completely different interest, if you get what I mean. But I think when it comes to this horrible, horrible man, he is not interested in age. It's more like a weakness and vulnerability thing. Do you, Does that make sense? And there was an interview I kind of read. I'm sorry, I don't have the exact quote, like quote from it. That had said the same I I think he's it's a power thing so the fact is this 72 year old would be easy to overpower and it would be the same with a younger girl. Now in 2007 it's been confirmed that at most he was about half a mile away from the Ocean Club resort and he was seen days before she vanished as he was actually in Praia de Luz in Portugal avoiding German police. Now he lived five miles away from the resort But had what was kind of described as a shack just two miles away from the resort so he could have actually been able to kind of walk to that they checked him and his phone was actually active in the hotel area around 9 p.m at night at the night on the third May, sorry 2007 that all just came out a bit weird there but at night at 9 p.m the third of may 2007 his phone was active around the hotel he also left area that night it happened and then left Portugal via car. So if this is like a total coincidence, it's a bloody mental one. Now, how did this all come about? So how has this guy all of a sudden just came into the light? Like, where did they get this evidence from? Well, it was the 10th anniversary of Madeline McCann's disappearance, which if you're quick at maths, which I'm not, you'll be thinking this is 2017. Now, in 2017, he is in a bar in Germany, and the news is on. And the TV obviously shows up her story and he just turns and casually says to his friends, I knows what happened to her. And apparently said he snatched her after stalking out the family's apartment for four days. I mean, very casually just says it to his friend, but that would make total, total sense at the fact is that he was kind of aware of the family and kind of aware of how the door would be left open and you know he knew their nighttime routine so yeah obviously they've been going to that tapas restaurant every night so he's obviously watched that for four days so the first night he wouldn't have seen them and then he's obviously just aware of their routine which then makes me think of the door like did he go in and then maybe get disturbed or do you think he'd gone in to maybe like suss in the room it also makes my skin crawl thinking like has he actually been in the room before like there's so many questions like why Madeline, Why not the twins? Like Would that not be easier to take the twins or even take one of the twins? Like so many questions but the German authorities knew for a few years and I think we're just trying to get evidence together I believe um, before they kind of officially said this. Now again it kind of goes a bit quiet in 2020 but in 2021 obviously in May Kate and Jeremy Can actually post a statement on the official Find Madeline campaign as it would be her 18th birthday on the 12th of May. And I've actually got a quote from the findmadeline.com website from Kate and Jerry, which says, we hang on to the hope, however small, that we will see Madeline again. As we have said repeatedly, we need to know what happened to our lovely daughter, no matter what. We are very grateful to the police for their continued efforts. And I totally get that. Like, I think by this point, like, they have probably lost a lot of hope. And I get what they mean of actually just wanting to know what happened to her. Like, I think by this point, you'd actually rather just be like, I'd rather know she's dead and actually know that's what's happened to her rather than this just constant like not knowing like I think that would just be horrific now this year in 2022 on um, in April oh my god it's 2023 sorry uh, last year 2022 <laughs> sorry um Christian Brunnecker oh, this goodness my pronunciation, is made an our official Arguido a formal suspect by the Portuguese authorities. So this is the first time he's been considered the official authority by Portuguese authorities, considered suspect by the Portuguese authorities, sorry. So there's no more news on him unfortunately, that's all I kind of have, so my only advice would be to kind of keep your eyes peeled in the news and obviously we will update you if we see anything major. In September 2022, European Courts of Human Rights actually rejected the McCann, like, Kate and Jerry um, McCann's application for a defamation case against a Portuguese detective. Now, I only kind of saw this in the news recently. So, basically, c- the case was kind of raised against a detective from Portugal because he—he he was actually a detective inspector. Sorry, he wrote a book and did a documentary and a newspaper interview and actually kind of made comments about their kind of involvement in the disappearance of their daughter. So, they wanted to do him for a kind of defamation case, but it was obviously declined because that was kind of out in the news at that time and he kind of got to say it like he wasn't the reason. They kind of all, you know, then got like accused of suspects. So that was actually um, declined. So I think that was quite hard hitting for the McCann parents, but that there wasn't enough evidence to kind of do that. Now, Kind of sum it up still nobody has ever been charged or caught with the disappearance of Madeline McCann and Madeline has never been seen again and there has never been kind of any more evidence as I said like there's so many conspiracies like there's conspiracy she was abducted by a childless couple there's obviously the parents conspiracy there's actually one that's came out that there was like road buildings and roadworks behind the hotel and there's rumors that she potentially like went out actually fell down into the road building and like of sunk into the mud and then it was filled the next day, I believe. That's a pretty wild but makes sense theory. There's so many theories, you can go into so many kind of like plot twists and holes and everything on, online to kind of read into Madeline McCann. My kind of opinions I, I, I'm not going to kind of go into what I think happened to her, but I do believe the parents were wrong to leave her in a room by herself. Again, I could be totally wrong, and I'm kind of happy to hear everyone's opinions, but. I personally believe they shouldn't have left her to go to the restaurant. I get that it was two minutes away. I get they could see her. But at the end of the day, they couldn't obviously see her well enough because she was able to either get out herself or was taken if the parents are not involved. So that is my kind of piece on that. But that is all I will kind of say. Samantha, do you have anything you want to add?
1: uh no it's just you've kind of covered all the basis of the whole case and things and like you said there's tons of conspiracy theories and we love a conspiracy um mm-hmm. and I do agree with you the parents should never have left them um I won't obviously like you I won't go into it but this, it's just our own opinion um but it's it's a complex one and I don't think anyone will ever know the truth there's probably only two people in the world that do know what happened um That ain't you and I.